0: It's the Hilarious World of Depression, special summer mini-episode edition. I'm John Moe, and I'm still a bit groggy, a bit jet-lagged, because I was recently in Russia for two weeks. Vacation! Russia, because God forbid I go somewhere warm and tropical. No, it was great. And while I was there, I was thinking that it had been just about a year since the writer and TV host Anthony Bourdain died by suicide while traveling. And it made me think about traveling and mental health. And again, my trip to Russia was fantastic, but I saw all these ways that travel could really go wrong for people with depression. Sleep gets all screwed up. I was in this place where I couldn't read any street signs, so I couldn't really easily get basic things that I needed. Eventually, I learned to sight-read restaurant and toilets in Russian, in the Cyrillic alphabet, and that helped a little bit. I was traveling with my son, who speaks Russian, which was great, but I thought about how isolating it would feel had I been traveling alone. Another thing that helped is that we made sure to build in lots of downtimes where we didn't have to use every bit of energy, seeing as much of Moscow or St. Petersburg as we possibly could. It's not a contest, it's tourism, so we made sure to build in times to just chill out at the hotel occasionally. Anyway, summer is travel season, and we thought it would be good to have a check-in about travel and mental health, how to go where you want to go without falling apart in the process. Jeremy Pelletier works for a small nonprofit in Connecticut. He wrote a piece for a travel site called Shut Up and Go, and the piece was called We Need to Talk About Mental Health and Travel. So that's exactly what he and I did over a Skype call that you'll hear occasionally drop out. I asked him why he loves to travel.
1: You know, ever since I was, you know, a a little kid, I always was obsessed with, you know, the other. Anything outside of my little tiny town in Volcano Hawaii where I grew up, Um, I used to sit and memorize atlases and roads and look at the globe and feel the textures of the mountain ranges. I've just been always obsessed with everything outside of my little bubble um, and eventually I took an interest in geography um, getting a couple of degrees in it um, and I just love it I love everything about traveling and experiencing a new place um, you know pretty simply and as boring as it sounds I'm, I'm really fascinated with the minutiae of day-to-day life in other countries and other cities mm-hmm. uh, for me it's, it's fun to integrate as best as I can into a host city and as learn as much as I can about you know the politics and history and social norms and What the school system is like and how their society functions and i like to sort of nonchalantly live amongst the citizens and blend in as best i can Um, and to me that's kind of the best part about traveling it's it's not you know taking a selfie in front of the eiffel tower although there's probably nothing wrong with that but it's a kind of experiencing a life outside of your own for however short a time with you know different laws and customs and languages and you know that's what i'm really interested in what really fascinates me about traveling
0: regarding the mental health stuff you wrote this article for shut up and go called we need to talk about mental health and travel why did you write that what led to that
1: so you know i've you know i've had general anxiety disorder and it's always been you know at times crippling um and i just gotten back from a trip to hawaii was visiting my parents where i i you know had sort of a not to get too dark but had a you know nervous breakdown um and i you know, and go got back to Connecticut and sort of got some help and got better and realized there's nothing really out there about, you know, traveling and mental health and depression and anxiety. It's all about, you know, the plane ride, how to get over your fear of flying, which is absolutely valid. Um, and it sort of prompted me to kind of write about the barriers that mental health can bring when, when, when traveling or um, it can seem insurmountable when you are suffering from an, a, a mental health disorder And especially with someone who loves learning about other places and and visiting other places, it was sort of sad to see there's not really a conversation going on yet. So I just sort of threw a piece together um, about my thoughts, about my own experiences and, you know, put it out there.
0: So, in your time um, loving to travel, had you had you noticed that this was an issue all along? Like this is because a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's it's great. You'll you'll get out of your head. You'll experience something new. You get out of the routine. You'll stop obsessing to yourself. Uh, it should be a cure. Is that what you thought travel would be like?
1: I think I you know I've always had this anxiety over traveling, and and it has. You know, stop me from going to a lot of places. Even to this day, I haven't, you know, been to as many places as I'd, as I'd like to go. But um, it's it can be, at my worst, the opposite. You know, the, the the thought of what if. You know, people with anxiety have this big what if over their head at all times, um, and so you think about what's going to happen when you get there. What's going to happen on the plane ride? What if I have an anxiety attack or a panic attack? What if? What if this happens or that happens? And so it just becomes this overwhelming sense of, of dread. And so you end up not wanting to go. And you end up having a miserable, miserable time when you're there, oftentimes. So so it's almost the exact opposite with, with me, or can be the exact opposite with me, where I'm just inside of my head more than I am at home, um, because you think about these what ifs that follow you around everywhere you go.
0: Right, you're playing out the worst scenarios and and living in that dreadful future instead of the actual present.
1: Yeah, it's it's catastrophizing every scenario that could happen.
0: Yeah, um, talk about what happened. Um, you planned to go to Europe after you were done with high school, and I think that that incident is is kind of a a tidy summary of some of these issues. Tell me what happened with that.
1: You know, it's uh, this happened to me a couple of times. Um, one, the one you're referring to is I was going on this educational tour um, after I graduated high school. Um, I, th- I believe it was to France, Italy, and Greece. And it was going to be this, you know, you earn college credits, go with your friends, it's going to be great. Um, and, you know, I had signed up. And the second I signed up, I started – It. this is how insane anxiety is and kind of funny in hindsight. Um, I, I started obsessing over the elevators in Europe. I thought, oh, my God, they're probably really small. I'm going to get claustrophobic, and I'm going to ruin the trip for everyone. And that tiny little obsession grew into, okay, well, what if this happens? Or what if the plane ride is terrible? What if I get stuck in an elevator? And that tiny obsession over that stupid fucking elevator turned into me canceling the trip. Um, and it happened again um, when I was in grad school. I signed up and, and paid for a trip to China. Um, then ended up losing $2,000. Um, and— I started, I, I picked one thing I started obsessing over and it was the long plane ride. So, you know, 15 hour plane ride or whatever it is. And I thought, oh God, I can't do that. And what if I get to Beijing and I don't speak Mandarin and I'm going to get, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to ruin the trip for everyone. The school is going to kick me out and I'm going to be a fucking disgrace to the whole school. Um, so I ended up canceling that trip more seriously, losing, you know, two, $3,000 in the process.
0: Mm. Um, but eventually you said uh, you were able to sort things out and, and actually, go on some of these trips. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what what change did you make that led that to happen?
1: You know, I think for me, I mean it's it's still something I struggle with, you know, I I turned down a trip to Montreal a few weeks ago because um I was just not in a good place. Work is very stressful and so it's still something I struggle with, but um, I think having control over your general anxiety or your depression or whatever it is um, that is, you know, preventing you from, from traveling, I think taking care of the root cause is very, very beneficial. Um, and something that helps me a lot when I'm about to go on a trip, um, is setting expectations. Mm-hmm. Something that makes me really nervous if I'm traveling in a group is, Oh God, I'm going to disappoint everyone. I'm going to ruin the trip for everyone. I'm going to have a panic attack, go to a hospital. It's going to be a disaster, right? So setting expectations for myself with what I can, can't do, should and shouldn't do, um, and not cramming a million activities into my, you know, into my itinerary right. um, and knowing, knowing that it's okay to take a break and I'm going to sit at home and have a beer and relax in the hotel for for a few hours. Um, and that's perfectly fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I actually just got back from, from a two week trip in Russia where had I known how small the elevators were before I left,
1: <laughs>
0: I might've, yeah, yeah. I, I might've done worse than I did. Um. <laughs> but uh but fortunately uh it worked out um i, I want to get back to what you said about the the nervous breakdown in Hawaii was that mm-hmm. but you were from Hawaii, so the idea of like being unfamiliar with things w- wasn't really a factor was it was it being around family that triggered it? you think
1: you know I'm not sure it's you know I've lived in Connecticut for about seven years now, and so i haven't haven't lived in Hawaii since you know my early twenties um but I think it was a lead up, you know, stress from work. My, my anxiety was sort of out of control to begin with. I hadn't, you know, been taking care of myself. And, you know, I kind of get there. And I think I think when I got there, everything just sort of shut down. Mm-hmm. You know, I was sort of self-medicating with alcohol months prior and sort of trying to, you know, scooting day, by day to day, just sort of trying to get by day to day. When I get to Hawaii, everything, you know, pressure of work is off. I have nothing but my thoughts, and I just sort of went to this really, really dark place and just sort of broke down. I don't think I left my parents' couch for like a week and a half. Wow. And um, had this really terrifying moment where um, I didn't have a plan to kill myself, but I didn't want to kill myself. But I remember thinking, oh, my God, this! I, I understand why this happens, and I don't know how I can live feeling like I'm feeling. But also knowing how the resources to get better i just at the moment it was really really a terrifying experience
0: do people who live in hawaii go to places like hartford connecticut to get away from it all i've always wondered how that
1: works <laughs> You know, people, the the best place to travel to, if you ask someone from Hawaii, is probably Las Vegas. That's like the number one spot. For That's the what I've Hawaii. heard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They go, yeah. They go
1: to Vegas. They, they, call, they call it the Ninth Island. Okay. <laughs> which is pretty
0: funny. Yeah. Well, um, you mentioned seven tips in your article, things that you've uh, picked up through, sounds like through some trial and error over the years. Um, yes. <laughs> walk me through some of them as best you can.
1: Well, number one is putting your mental health first, right? Make, making sure you know, after I had that stupid fucking nervous breakdown last year, I decided when I go back to Connecticut, I'm going to put my mental health first in front of everything, everyone, work, social obligations. That's going to be my first thing I take care of. Um, and you know, I'm not on medication. I don't say I'm not. That's not a badge of honor. I, if I, you know, last year I definitely should have been on medication. But if if that's something that will help, then get on it. Um, Behavioral therapy, whatever you need to do to sort of get your head in in a good space, um, that's should be your first priority. I mean, in my opinion, for me, that's what helps the most. Um, And I hate to be that guy, but also diet and exercising. When I'm sort of living a healthy physical life, I tend to feel better. I tend to um, have more energy and be more outgoing. Right. Um, That's very important, obviously, and. You know, knowing what your limits are, uh, there's there's something that I, I really subscribe to is that you know you don't have to go over to Europe or over to Asia to have a nice trip. You can go to your nearest biggest city and have a fantastic time um, if that's in your comfort zone. That's that's also traveling, um, and that's perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that in the in the start small
1: uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Like
0: you know, maybe don't get on the plane to China, but maybe go to Cleveland,
1: <laughs> see how that goes. Right, right, exactly. Hey, Cleveland's lovely. Yeah,
0: yeah. So. A big part of any trip is, is the planning. Like you want to make your hotel reservation. You want to figure out grand transportation. You want to to book the flight and check in on the flight. What do you recommend as the pre-travel planning for somebody uh, who's got a mental health issue that they're stuck
1: with? So I definitely, definitely, definitely think, you know, this works for me. Uh, Having everything set, you know, make sure, like you said, make sure hotels books, you rent a car if you have one. Make sure that you have everything in order for when you get there. Um, I also think making sure, again, going back to this again and again, making sure your mental health is in check. If you have medicine, make sure it's with you. Make sure you understand what your limits are and that you set expectations for yourself. And if you're traveling with others, make sure you're vocal about your expectations with them. Um, And so you have sort of this plan. And in general, too, everyone with a mental health disorder, whether it's anxiety or depression, needs to. I'm not going to say should. They need to have a plan for when they slip into a depressive state or um, or if they have an anxiety or panic attack. They, everyone needs to have a plan that they go to.
0: I think there's so much pressure that goes with travel. It's like when, when it's a beautiful day outside and you don't feel like you should read a book, you should be outside, you know, making the most of the day. And it's like this kind of pressure. And when you travel, it's like, well, I'm, you know, I might not get back to this city ever again in my lifetime. Right. right. You know, I've got to score the most points.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, when I was in Russia recently, I, I, we got to Moscow and I thought, okay, I want to see red square and i want to see the kremlin and anything after that is gravy you know anything after that that i get to is fine but but i i decided to set myself like really really achievable easy goals like go to these two places and then a nap at the hotel is perfectly
1: (laughs) perfectly acceptable I'm, i'm in the exact same um thought process yeah i i agree completely um you know, I, I think that, you know, again, setting expectations for yourself, it's OK to to want to just relax and kind of hang out. It's, you know, you yeah. don't need to see every single thing and pack your itinerary with a million stops. It's OK. I think knowing that's OK um, is, is half the battle.
0: Yeah, I, I've compared it to the Minnesota State Fair. Like if you, <laughs> you know, if you love the goats but don't care so much about the pigs, go see your goats, and then you know it doesn't matter about the pigs. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one way or another. Uh, do you have any particular travel stories that were horrifying when they were happening, but now that you look back, you can laugh at them a little?
1: Yeah, there's one in particular uh, that is a little graphic. Um, I was flying to Iceland, and Halfway through the flight, my stomach starts really hurting, and I'm just starting to get anxiety because that's what happens when your stomach hurts with anxiety. And I'm thinking, okay, let's just ignore this. Let's just focus on my anxiety. I'm trying to calm myself down, um, and it gets too much to the point where I'm like, I just have to go to the bathroom. I just have to. And I'm blocked in by these two carts on a budget airline with like the AC broken. I'm sweating. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm trying to put off the panic attack. I'm also not trying to shit myself in a plane, and turbulence starts and this woman is yelling at me to sit down because there's turbulence and I had this moment where I just thought oh my god this is how my story ends on a budget (laughs) airline over the Atlantic Ocean about to shit my pants this is how my story ends it was horrifying and I don't wish that upon anybody I never I hope to never go through it again now looking back is it funny it is fucking hilarious now (laughs)
0: Were you on Wow Airlines to Iceland? I was on
1: Wow Airlines. I'm so glad they went bankrupt. That was the worst flight of my life.
0: I, I flew there on Iceland Air, but we saw like the the whole Wow experience happening. And my, my my sister lives in Norway, and she said, "Don't ever get on that airplane." Whatever you do,
1: I'm I'm. Thank the Lord that airplane went bankrupt. It was awful.
0: It was horrible. Right you got like an impenetrable language and a collapsing airline at the same time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jeremy Pelletier, thank you so much. Thank you, Ron. Dr. Kareem Salam is a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Psychiatry at Drexel University's College of Medicine in New Jersey. I talked to him and I asked him what should go into the pre-trip planning process for people who deal with depression and or anxiety.
2: There are a number of things to consider for folks who struggle with depression and anxiety symptoms uh, in preparation for a trip. I would say item number one is uh, discuss your travel plans with your health care provider and they may be able to offer invaluable tips to guide you along the way. Uh, a number of things to consider are the following. Assess the risk or conflict level in your destination as this could be a stressor for uh, someone's mental health.
0: What do you mean by risk and conflict level?
2: Uh, If there's any political upheaval, Ah. are there any uh, conflicts, are there any brewing conflicts, Um, any sense of political unrest? Mm. The place that comes to mind right now, and I hate to uh, give a specific example, but I love examples. I know there's some unrest in Hong Kong at this point. And their uh, massive street protests and demonstrations. Right. So, if you struggle with anxiety and depression, that might not be the best environment for you at that time. Uh, and of course, uh, those are elements that are completely out of your control. And they and for some folks who struggle with these issues, uh, that could be quite overwhelming.
0: Does it help? Does it help? Do you think to do? like, a lot of planning? Is, is it a case where the more planning you do to control for variables, the better off you'll be? Or does that run the risk of being so uh, hyper-focused and stressed out about details that you can't actually enjoy yourself?
2: You know, when you're faced with uh, the choice of planning versus not planning, I'm always a fan of planning. Yeah. Now, if you, if you struggle with anxiety as it applies to planning or something like obsessive compulsive personality disorder, that's when it helps to have uh an ally of sorts or someone close to you to kind of redirect you as needed. Hmm. But if you struggle with depression and anxiety, uh uncertainty is really not uh it's not something you want to deal with. And so the more uh the more you can control things and the more you could plan uh, that could increase the likelihood of a more positive experience during your travels.
0: What is it about travel, you think, that that can be so difficult, especially for people who are living with mental illnesses?
2: Just think about uh, what's, what's involved in, in getting to a highly desirable destination. So let's say it's a long trip on a, a train or an airplane, and all the hoops you have to jump through in terms of TSA, uh, and security checks, then uh, depending on the the mode of transport, you may be in a confined space for an extended period, okay um, uh, And uh, imagine if you've been planning a trip, you're really looking forward to it, and then there's some uncertainty added into the mix like um, inclement weather that could cause a delay. Uh, imagine if something like that happens and your trip is already underway and your plane can't land or something like that. Um, but there's so many variables, so many unknowns that could uh, have a negative impact on a especially important trip. Uh, the other thing too is if you suffer from uh, a, mental, a mental illness, uh, typically most major uh, mental health disorders Are chronic and episodic and the episodes are precipitated by stressors and so let's say you are in the throes of a depressive episode or manic episode that's not an ideal time for you to travel but of course uh, these things should be discussed with your mental health provider
0: so then let's say I I really want to go on a trip, I, I have this big trip planned, I have some concerns uh, about, about where I'm going naturally, uh, I have a history with depression and anxiety, what, what are some tips that you can give uh, so that I can go on this trip, you know, to make the best of it, to make it so that I can enjoy myself while I'm there and, and have as serene a mind as possible?
2: Things, common sense things, let's, let's start with the more mundane. Bring your health insurance card with you, okay? Uh, contact your health insurance provider to find out what emergency benefits are available when you're abroad, if you're traveling abroad, and uh, you may want to research what, uh, what emergency mental health services are available at your destination, okay? Um make sure you if you're on psychotropic medication, that you have adequate supplies of your medication and that they are uh, packed in quantities that are TSA safe, such that your medications are not discarded. Uh, the other thing too is when you travel, that tends to disrupt your routine. So let's say you had weekly or bi-weekly appointments, you may want to check in with your provider and see if they could uh, schedule a session uh, remotely. And if they have the technological infrastructure for such a session, whether it be conducted by FaceTime or Skype, uh, things of that sort. Um, uh, And again, it seems like, John, the more that we discuss these issues, they go back to planning.
0: Right, right. Um, well, how about the the flip side of the the risks and the dangers and the scary parts? What about the benefits of travel? Because whenever I travel, I always feel kind of great, especially after I get home, because I've seen more of the world, everything's a little more expansive, the boundaries are pushed a little bit, and i it feels a little freer and I feel a little wiser. what are What are some good reasons to the, to travel? What are some benefits you can get from it mentally?
2: You and I have something in common. I love to travel. I love to travel with my family. It broadens your world view. If you're a younger person, it exposes you. Hey, if you are, if you're uh, a more seasoned person, so to so to speak, and you have as much gray hair as I, uh, <laughs> you know, and maybe you didn't travel as much as you would have liked to earlier in life, it could still expand your world view. The other thing too is. Uh, throughout this wonderful planet, we reside. There's so much natural beauty, so many uh, magical and wonderful and amazing wonders to experience throughout the world. And, uh, you know, travel for many could be a highly pleasurable experience. It could have a positive impact on neurochemistry and it could create wonderful and lasting memories. Besides, we're human beings, we're very social beings, and we're wired to connect with others. And, uh, you know, you get a chance to experience the world, observe other uh, people and cultures in action, and there's, there's an additional benefit for mental health providers like myself. The more you know of the world and people in it, uh, you've expanded your knowledge base, and you've expanded your armamentarium that you could draw upon to establish rapport or a connection with the people you're treating. And when you travel, uh, these experiences, they almost happen by osmosis. You're seeing uh, beautiful sights or different sights. You're experiencing new smells and tastes and all these things are recorded in your central nervous system and you can draw upon them when you need them uh during a therapeutic interaction
0: well dr kareem Salam, first person on our show to use both the terms armamentarium and osmosis in a single interview i'd like to <laughs> congratulate you for that <laughs> dr kareem Salam, thank you
2: uh john thank you so much for having me uh it was a, a wonderful experience
0: The Hilarious World of Depression is a production of American Public Media. Chrissy Pease is our producer. Christina Lopez is our web and social media producer. Phyllis Fletcher provides an editorial hand. Randy Johnson and John Miller were recording engineers this time around. Corey Shreppel was technical director. I want to take a moment to bid a sort of farewell to Kate Moose, who has been our executive producer, and she has been with the show from the very start. She's one of the first people to hear my idea for it, one of the first people to buy in. She has guided the hilarious world of depression from an idea to a reality, and she has shaped it as an enterprise and as a program ever since. Kate is needed now on some other big projects around the company, but she will continue to be a wise guru and consultant on our show because, frankly, we're not letting her off that easy. Our theme song was written and performed by Rhett Miller, who has a new children's book out called No More Poems. It's delightful. Find The Hilarious World of Depression on Facebook and on Twitter and visit our new snazzed-up website, hilariousworld.org. We have more mini-episodes on the way, building up to the launch of Season 4 of The Hilarious World of Depression this fall. Thanks also to all who donated during our recent member drive. We surpassed our goals, and many of you picked up some really cool THWAD merch as well. You can still donate, of course, and we'd love it if you did. HilariousWorld.org. I'm John Moe. Bye now. the problem What if I was to tell you I'm payachi This great big smile is just for show What if I was to tell you this is just grease pain paint Would you say I'm a hopeless case Say it ain't so Would you say I'm sad Tell me something I don't know Would you say I'm a sad clown Tell me something I don't know